So, what is Christianity all about? Uh, It is by far the largest religion in the world. Indeed, more than that, Christianity is also easily the fastest growing religion in the world. By this time tomorrow, there will be about 175,000 more Christians in the world than there are now. It's even been estimated that in terms of the number of people who freely choose to become Christians, okay, in terms of converts, there are more than twice as many converts to Christianity than all the converts of all the other main world religions put together. And so even though we don't quite get a sense of it down here in our part of the woods in Australia, as each goes by, in a very real sense, the world is actually becoming more and more Christian. And so once again, especially because so many people in ever-increasing number are choosing to follow it, what exactly is Christianity all about? Not what is Presbyterianism about, not what is Catholicism about, not what is Anglicanism or Baptist or whatever. Forget the denominations. What is pure, simple Christianity all about? Well, this morning we've reached a really helpful part of the Bible that strips back all the non-essentials and states very clearly what the core of Christianity is. Look with me at the opening sentence of today's reading. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Now, these words are written by the Apostle Paul, who is writing to a Christian church that he had started when he visited the city of Corinth in Greece a few years earlier. And in that first sentence, Paul is saying that he now wants to remind them of the gospel, which is another word for message. He now wants them to remind them of the message that he told them when he was there in person. In other words, here's a summary coming up of what I told you when I was there. Here's a summary coming up of what the Christian message is all about. And it turns out to be a message that really can transform your life. It turns out to be a message that is so good, it's no wonder so many people around the world are still becoming Christians. We reach the message, the summary, at verse 3, the first sentence of the second paragraph in the bulletin. For what I received, I passed on to you of first importance. Here comes the summary, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Friends, that is, in a single sentence, one of the best summaries you will ever get of what Christianity is all about. Christianity is all about that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Let me very briefly break it down into its three main phrases. Phrases. Firstly, the one, Christ died for our sins. And I reckon that's surprising at at least two levels. I mean, firstly, maybe even the words our sins are surprising because we don't tend to think about sin anymore. We live in a society, we live in a time of history when sin and right and wrong, they're almost things of the past. To speak of sin nowadays sounds a bit harsh, a bit too judgmental. But at the risk of offending you, God reckons you're sinful. 
And it's not just you, it's me as well. God says it's true of all of us. And he says we're sinful because none of us treat God with the honour or the respect or the obedience that he deserves. And I wonder whether we don't really appreciate this as much as we should because we just get so used to sin being around us. We get so used to sin being in us that we virtually stop noticing it. It's like the other day I washed our car. And to be honest, I didn't really think it looked all that dirty, but I was feeling a bit guilty because it had been months since I'd done it. And so even though I didn't really think it needed it, I gave the car a quick wash. But after I'd started it, you know, and I'd done a couple of panels and I could see the line of dirt where I'd washed from where I hadn't washed. And when I'd finished and I could see the colour of the water in the bucket, it was disgusting and I, I ended up being embarrassed at how dirty it must have been. But I'd honestly just stopped seeing it because I'd gotten used to it. That can happen between, with us and sin. We just get so used to ignoring God. We get so used to getting up each day and being dismissive towards God. We get so used to everyone else around us not treating God the way he deserves that after a while we just don't notice it anymore. God never stops noticing it which can sound a bit bleak, but it leads us to the second surprising thing in that first phrase, Christ died for our sins. What's surprising is that it doesn't say we have to die for our sins, which is what we really deserve, but it actually says Christ died for our sins. That's a reference to Jesus' death on the cross because when Jesus died on the cross, what happened was that he took the punishment that we deserve because of our sin just like having a fine paid for you by someone else so that you won't get punished. Jesus willingly swapped places with us. He willingly laid down his life to help restore things between us and God. He died for our sin. And this is really helpful to get straight because it's not what many people think Christianity is all about. Because more often than not, people think that Christianity is about us having to do the right thing in order to get into heaven. So often people think that Christianity is about us having to keep the Ten Commandments or, or come to church or, or do penance or do something in order for our good deeds to outweigh our bad deeds and say we'll get into heaven and earn a place there. That is not what Christianity is about. When Paul wants to remind the Corinthian church about what the Christian message is all about, his summary is not what we have to do. His summary is about what Jesus has done. Christianity is about people being forgiven and being given a fresh start with God because of what Jesus has done. Christ died for our sins. But there's more to the summary, isn't there? Not only did Christ die for our sins, but also we're told that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. In fact, this is one that uh, Paul really goes on to spell out with more detail if we keep reading. He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of them are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Now, don't be confused by that last phrase about being abnormally born. It's not a reference to his physical birth. It's a reference to his spiritual birth, sort of. It's about 
how Paul became a Christian in really unusual circumstances. And you can read about those circumstances uh, in the Bible in, in uh, a part of it called Acts chapter 9. But back to this summary of Christianity, and Paul seems to be really wanting to stress this fact that Jesus really, really, really did come back from the dead. And I'm wondering whether he wants to stress it because it's simply such a staggering statement. Jesus came back from the dead. Earlier this week, the news was full of that story about Jamie Donaldson, the 31-year-old guy who collapsed and died after the Sydney Half Marathon. Did you see that story? He was revived after being clinically dead for six minutes and they were saying how lucky the guy was to have collapsed right in front of paramedics because they were able to start work on him almost immediately and they were saying that was a miraculous return from the dead after six minutes. Paul is saying Jesus came back from the dead, not after six minutes, on the third day, after the guy had been buried without the help of paramedics. His heart started to beat again. Jesus' blood started to flow again. And it actually happened in history. A corpse started to breathe. And Paul points out he appeared to over 500 people, most of whom are still alive at the time he wrote this. In other words, hey, go and check it out if you want. Talk to them. See for yourself. This actually happened. Jesus came back to life. It is one of those statements that is either laughable, but if this is true, suddenly Christianity has been elevated onto a whole new level of importance. For suddenly Jesus Christ is an extraordinarily important person, an extraordinarily powerful person to have conquered death. Here is someone who has power over life and death. That's not the sort of person you can easily ignore, especially since Jesus himself said that he would do this. Jesus coming back from the dead vindicates everything that Jesus said about himself. He claimed, Jesus claimed that he was God's son. He claimed to be the king of the world, come to earth. And he said, just to show that I'm not hot air, I'm going to come back to life after three days. And he did. And it really happened. This is not a person you can easily ignore. Indeed, this is not someone you want to ignore, given the third phrase that pops up in Paul's summary, that all these things happened according to the scriptures, which is clearly significant because it's mentioned twice, isn't it? Look again at that summary. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Now, why this emphasis? The Apostle Paul wants the Corinthians to know that Christ dying for our sins and rising on the third day, he wants them to know that it was always God's plan for it to happen that way. God promised it, he foretold it, he set it up in the scriptures of the Old Testament. It was all deliberate. In other words, Jesus' death and resurrection was not a plan gone wrong. It's not that Jesus came to earth and then when things went pear-shaped, God thought to himself, oh, no, they're going to kill him. What can I do? Um, what can I do? I know what I'll do. I'll make it so that Jesus' death actually helps people instead. That's not how it worked. Christ dying for our sins and rising on the third day, that, that wasn't plan B so as to make the best of a bad situation. It was plan A and it was always the plan. 
Why would God have a plan like that? Well, it was so as to save us. It was so as to remove the barrier of sin that, that is in our lives and that stops us from having a friendly uh, relationship with God. So you have a look at the second sentence of today's reading. I skipped over it earlier, but at this point it's worth going back to. The second sentence. By this gospel, by this message, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Seeing what that, what that sentence is saying, this message about God's plan for Christ to die for our sins and rise on the third day, this is a message that can get you saved. Back in May this year, there was a massive tornado, I'm sure you saw it on the news, that ripped through the city of Joplin in America. 162 people killed, over 1,000 more injured. But as terrible as all that was, a government report that was actually released only this week estimated that many, many more lives would have been lost if it had not been for people hearing and acting on warning messages on the radio that were broadcast before the tornado hit. Now, tragically, other people who were sort of just become desensitised to those sorts of warnings, they didn't act on them and they were many of the ones who died. That's what Paul is getting at here about the message of Christianity. This is a message that when you hold firmly to it, this is a message that when you believe it and heed the news, this is a message that when you accept it, when you accept it, you get saved. How do you accept it? Well, you trust the news enough to act on it. You acknowledge the truth that we are sinners and that we need Jesus' help. You acknowledge the truth that he really is uh, God's king and that he did rise from the dead. And so you act on it and you turn your life around and we live in submission and gratitude to Jesus. And what does it mean to be saved? Well, it means that that punishment that our sin rightly deserves, it's taken away. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And we get a fresh start and a new life that is on friendly terms with God. And it's a life full of purpose. And it's a life full of meaning. As we'll hear next week when we keep reading the rest of the chapter and we'll hear about a, a new life beyond this one that we can now look forward to. Friends, are you starting to see why it is that Christianity is not simply the biggest religion in the world but why it's the fastest growing one? Not only is this grounded in real-life historical events, not only is this true, it's incredibly good news. Christ died for our sins. He was raised on the third day, all according to God's plan. And by this message, you are saved, if you hold firmly to it. And so this morning, I must finish by asking you straight up, do you hold firmly to it? Do you believe it? I'm not asking, do you come to church? I'm not asking, are you a nice person? I'm not asking, do you have friends who are Christians? I'm asking you personally, honestly, do you believe the news that Christ died for our sins and rose on the third day? Do you genuinely hold firm to that message? Is that the perspective around which your life is based? Because if it is, please be assured that you're saved.
And next week, come back and hear some of the exciting consequences of that, both in this life and the next. But if you are here and in all honesty, you don't hold firmly to this. If in your heart of hearts you don't really believe this sort of stuff about Jesus dying and rising from the dead, can I respectfully say you're making a terrible mistake? Please think very carefully about this. The stakes are enormous. On the back of the auditorium we've got a table and there are leaflets and copies of the historical accounts of Jesus' death and resurrection on there. They explain Christianity in more detail than we've got time to do this morning. They're free. Please feel free to take any or all of them. And here at DPC, we routinely run investigating Christianity courses. They're very relaxed courses. They go for two or three weeks. Uh, If you come along, there's no expectation of you having to speak out loud or read out loud. Uh, You can just come along and listen or you can ask as many questions as you want. On the back table, there's also a sheet of paper and you can put your name and contact details if you want to know about the next time we're going to run one of those courses. But friends, I do want to urge you to keep thinking about what we've been reading in the Bible this morning. Please understand that if you do not believe the message of Christianity, please understand you are missing out on the great purpose of your life. Jesus died on the cross so that we can be saved. That's why you're here. That's why God put you on this earth. He put you here so that you could become one of God's forgiven people. And that is an ever-growing number of people from all over the world, a portion of whom are in this room this morning. Christ died for our sins. He was raised on the third day. It was all according to God's plan. And by this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to it. I'll pray. Dear God, thank you that Jesus Christ died for our sins. We don't deserve that, but we humbly accept it. Thank you that Jesus was raised on the third day, vindicating everything he said and every claim that he made. And thank you that by this message, we can be saved when we hold firmly to it. Amen.